If you want to open your Bibles to Psalm 9, we're going to be there in just a couple of minutes. It's also printed on the front of your booklet. How's everybody doing? Refreshing week? Yeah, tiring? Yeah, a little of both? I feel like we look forward to getting just kind of a different pace of life or just different situations or different circumstances for a week or so during this time of the year, and then sometimes we exit this season more tired than we went into it, right? Having filled every gap with different things. We, we tend to be the people of the next, aren't we? Always ready to move on to the next thing. Life can be so busy and so full. Uh, we seldom take time to, to really reflect on the past. We're so busy pushing ahead in the moment, right? When's the next meal? And then we finish the meal, and it's when's dessert? And then as soon as we finish dessert, it's, is it almost snack time? At least that's how I think. We want the next movie, the next paycheck, the, the next vacation. When, when's the next sporting event? Uh, I need that next pair of shoes. When is the next Amazon package going to show up on the front porch? Always looking ahead to the better, to the upgraded, to the titanium version. Because evidently the one I have is not made out of titanium, and that's not good enough. Waiting for current situations to come to an end so I can enter better ones. Looking forward to retirement. If we can do it next, we will do it next. No sitting still. Always moving forward. Always moving faster. Always moving better. So what we're going to do for the majority of our time this morning, I think can seem a little unnatural. Maybe even difficult at times for us to do. I want us to... Join David. I want to encourage you to join David in receiving and applying God's exhortation to look back. To look back as we enter 2024, to pause and to look back on 2023. So, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David writes these words in Psalm 9, verse 1 I will give thanks. To the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. So just draw your attention to that second line with me. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. It seems like David, led by the Holy Spirit, is sort of hitting the pause button in his life. He's, he's pushing aside the distractions, all of his current situations and surroundings, all the things that can aimlessly distract us, and he's going to put it all aside, everything he could be doing, everything else he could be thinking about. And he instead is going to delightfully discipline himself to consider the wonderful deeds of God. It seems he takes time to look back on the last week. He takes time to look back on the, the last month. Perhaps he look, takes time to look back on the past year. But the focus of his backward looking seems to be very intentional. He is purposefully recounting all of the wonderful deeds of God. I love that, the whole idea of wonderful deeds. I'm not great at Hebrew, but I know enough and use the 
the handicap tools that I can take with me to understand it a little better. But it doesn't even have the word deeds. It's almost like, like he's saying, I just want to recount all of God's wonderfulness. All the wonderfulness of God that spilled out into my life this past year. All of the marvelous deeds. All the extraordinary things about God that have flooded my life in the past year. I want to take time to explore them, to exalt God in them. And so his response as he recounts them is giving thanks. Right? He starts by, I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks with my whole heart for God's wonderfulness and how he's treated me in the past year. He says, I'll be glad. I'm going to exult in you. It literally means I'm going to jump for joy. It literally has that, that within the Hebrew. I'm going to jump for joy over the wondrous things that God has done for me. His soul is just filled with this gratitude, bursting with joy, and it overflows in song as he looks back on his last season of life. Now, if you read the rest of the psalm, you'll see that the wonderful deeds that he is recounting and and giving praise for, they look a little different probably than your past week or month or year. If you look at verse 3, he says, When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. So probably that wasn't your experience. I don't know if any of you had any enemies chasing you down that God slay and they drop dead in front of you. No hands. So it's different. What he's thanking God for is different. The, the heart, though, of the whole psalm really is this idea that God is sitting on his throne. If you, you can read it later today or this week. He's sitting on his throne. In other words, God rules. God's in charge of my life. Everything that flows into my life is from his hand. And so I think even though our circumstances are different than what David is looking back upon, I think this is still just an invitation for us to consider what God has done, the wonderful deeds of God, the presence of God that we've experienced in the past year, that we can recount them with David. They look different, but we still recount them. And so let me just recount some for a moment, just to see if this helps us explore the last year. The wonderful deeds of God. Did you go a day in 2023 without food or clothing? That means we sat down at a table three times a day, 365 days in a row. That's 1,095 meals. Did any of them go without food? If not, then give thanks to God with your whole heart. Be glad and exult in him. Was there a day in 2023 where you did not have a roof over your head? Well, then give thanks to God with your whole heart. Be glad and exult in him. Did you have a car in 2023, a job, some source of income? Then give thanks to God with your whole heart. Be glad and exult in him. Did you have friends this past year that you've been able to interact with and give an exchange of encouragement? Well, if you have, then give thanks to God with your whole heart. Be glad and exult in him. Did you take a vacation this year? <laughs> if you did, then give thanks to God with your whole heart. Be glad and jump for joy in him. Did you go a day this past year without a copy of God's written word in your language? There's others who did. That went a year without it. Gone their whole life without a copy in their own language. Well, if you had a copy at your disposal every day this past year, well, then give thanks to God with your whole heart. Be glad and exult 
in him. Did you have access to gathering with God's people every Sunday this past year? And many times in between in small groups. Well, if you did, then give thanks to God with your whole heart. Be glad and exult in him. Did any of your many sins that you committed in 2023 go unforgiven? Did any of them go unforgiven? They didn't, did they? Well, then give thanks to God with your whole heart. Be glad and exult in him. Did God ever abandon you? Was your adoption nullified in 2023? Your justification reversed? Your union with Christ severed? It wasn't. So be glad and rejoice. Exult in God. Jump for joy for what he has done for you. Well, let me put this in the positive. Are you still adopted today? Are you still justified? Are you still united to Christ? Can you say that all of God's promises have stood still and were firm this past year? If all of those are true for you, which they are, then you should give thanks to God with your whole heart. Be glad and exult in him. And the list, I'm sure you know, should go on and on and on. If you don't mind turning to Deuteronomy 8, go to Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8 helps me it sort of protects me from failing to take time to reflect on everything God has done for me in the past day or month or week or year. So in Deuteronomy 8, verse 11, God is talking to his people. And here's what he says in Deuteronomy 8, verse 11. It begins with a little warning. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God. By not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have, get a load of this, eaten and are full, check. And have built good houses, check. And have lived in them, check. And when your herds and flocks multiply, check, freezer, fridge, full, Safeway, full, and your silver and gold is multiplied, check. And all that you have is multiplied, check. Then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. Now he's going to talk about slavery, which we need to think of spiritually as he talks about it physically for God's people in the Old Testament. He says, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness. I mean, these are all checks for us. He led me out of slavery. He's gotten me through great and terrifying situations with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. Who brought you water out of the flinty rock and who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And may I add, and everything else. 
So here it is, it's just a sweet warning from God. Beware, beware. When things go really well, you'll forget whose hand it all came from. You might be tempted to think, I worked really hard in 2013. I put in extra time. I disciplined myself in new ways and somehow attribute all the blessings to our own effort. And so the warning here from God is to be careful. Don't forget all that God has done. And I love this because why? Why does God call us to remember and not forget? Why does he call us to join David to give thanks and to praise and to jump for joy over what he has done for us? Is it because God is greedy for praise? Is it because he needs us to fill up his exaltation cup? It's running low, guys, so I'm going to give you this verse so you'll give me some praise. He warns us, I think, to not forget. And he encourages us to remember and to give him praise for what he's done because it's really good for us. It's good for you. He warns us because he knows what is really good for your soul is that when it overflows with glad, wholehearted exaltation and praise. He designed humans for that. Just like you, you plug something in to recharge it, to make it fresh and work properly, God designed us to praise. And when we praise, it is rejuvenating. It brings life to us. Just like my rooster at home bursts out in joyful praise to God each morning because of another sunrise, our hearts were designed to burst out with joyful praise over the variety of ways God has blessed us. Listen, it is good for your mental health to praise. Things happen in your brain. I don't understand what they all are, but dopamine and all these other things start kicking in as we follow David and praise God and thank God and exalt in God for all of the things he has done for us. It is good for you physically to stop and pause and give thanks and praise to God for everything he has done for you. It is good for us to take regular moments to praise him for the blessings. It's good for you spiritually. It's good for you emotionally. It is good for you physically. It's how God made you. He made you to get rejuvenated that way. I love the seventh day of creation. God rests, and we all know he didn't need to rest. He pronounces everything good and then very good. And then what does he do? He just kicks back, kicks back and enjoys what he did. He looks over it all and finds joy looking at all the things he's done. And then he invites us to take a day every week to do the same thing, to stop, to kick back, and to look at all that God has done, to reflect on our week. Look what God has done. Look at the blessings of God, to rejoice in the things that God allowed us to do in our week by his power and through his hand. And so as we turn the corner to a new year, I think it would be wonderful for your soul, reviving even, if we take time to reflect on all the things God has done in the past year. And so the little booklet is my sad attempt to try to put some questions down to help stir thoughts. You're going to come up with better questions as you work your way through this. 
But the goal is to get you thinking about all the things that God has done. One of the things I love about my phone is I try to take pictures of things throughout the year. And there's times where I'll look back just three months and go, wow, I forgot about that. I forgot we did that. I forgot we went there. I forgot we, we got that thing. I can forget. So maybe it's swiping through pictures that'll help trigger thoughts. But it's good for you. It is good for us to take time to reflect on everything God has done for us. And what a, what a moment to do that. January 1st, December 31st, to look back on the year and go, look at all that God has done. And take none of them for granted. Don't take his common grace of you getting food and clothing every day this past year for granted. Thank him for it. Praise him for it. Exalt in him over it. Kids, you guys have blank papers. You can get more if you need them. I was going to tell the kids, this is a great chance to draw a picture of something that God did this past year in your life. <laughs> something you're grateful for from God for the past year. And, and take a minute and draw. Put it down on paper. And adults, I think it's good for us, you can write, to actually take some time. I don't know if you journal, but to pen. Take some time to pen the things that God has done and, and, and make a note of it, of all that he's done for you in the past year. I would just urge us, all of us as a family, that for the sake of our sanity, for the sake of our joy, for the sake of our peace, for the sake of our mental and emotional health, to take time to join David to recount all of God's wonderful deeds. Can we do that in our small groups? Do that in your group of three this week? Do that in your community group? Do that as a family around the kitchen table? Do it as a couple? Do it alone? For the sake of your soul, hit the pause button sometime in the next 48 hours. Dads, watch the kids so mom can do it. Mom, watch the kids so dad can do it. Whatever you got to do to make it happen, make it happen. It will be so good for your soul. So take time to do that. And there's one other thing. I'm going to just close with this. I want to do turn the corner to look ahead because there's a place for looking ahead. I don't want this to swallow up the looking behind because I think too often we look ahead and don't take time to look behind. So let's just take a second here and I want to just make one brief point from Psalm 119. You can turn there if you'd like. It's going to go on the screen behind me. Psalm 119, David says this. He says, I will run in the way of your commandments. So this is David. He's looking forward. He's looking ahead. And he says, I will run in the way of your commandments. I will run in them. When, God, when you enlarge my heart. So, so David recognizes he wants to run in God's commandments. They don't get tripped up over the word, tripped up. Don't trip over the word commandments as you're running. Huh? Dad joke. <laughs> Recognize that in, the, that in the New Testament, it's very clear that God's commandments are that we believe in the name of Jesus. You can read this in John 3. We love one another. I mean, you want to sum up, that's what it is. Love Jesus. Believe on Jesus. Savor Christ. Find all your joy in Jesus. So we could translate this for us. I will run in the way of loving Christ and others when God enlarges my heart. He recognizes I need God to do something in my heart. So I've seen about the, the new year for Christ Church and, and, our, and our need for God to enlarge our hearts for him. Because my heart can be enlarged to so many other things. 
which then causes me to run to those other things. My heart can be so small towards God, so lukewarm or passive, distracted, easily entertained, and then I run to those things. We can run in the way of money. We can run in the way of sports. We can run in the way of sex. We can run in the way of education or entertainment or health and beauty or politics. We can run in the way of so many things, and we so desperately need God to enlarge our hearts to him so that we'll run to him, so we'll run in his ways, so that we'll run the way that he has called us to run with him in love with him and in love for others. And so may we, may we pray that for ourselves as we turn the corner in the new year, reflect on what God has done, and then move ahead saying, God, enlarge my heart. I want my heart to be bigger for you this next year than it was last year. And so I know that if you are in Christ and if Christ is in you, that that resonates with you. I know that inside of you there's something that says, yes, I want God to enlarge my heart for God. And I need God to do that because I can't do it on my own. And so here David pauses and he prays. He, he sings out a psalm to God saying, God, I need you to enlarge my heart as I look ahead. Enlarge my heart that I won't run in the way of other things, but I'll run in the ways that you have called me to run. And of course, we know that we're going to run the way that God has called us to run, that those are all found in his word. All right, I mean, this is where it's at. I mean, this is where, this is where he speaks the power of his spirit in our souls. This is, how, this is the means a lot of times he uses to enlarge our hearts as we go to his word. So David is almost circular reasoning. I'm going to go to your word. I want to run in your ways. Enlarge my heart. I'll go to your word. Enlarge my heart. I'll go to your word. But I need you to do a work in my heart. So when I, when I try to run in your ways, I'm, I'm, my soul is thrilled with you and my heart is alive in you as I pursue you that way. And so I want to encourage you this morning. I don't know how you think about a new year um, and your pursuit of God, your new year and your communion with God, your interactions with God. Um, I know that as a church in the past, we've talked a lot about having reading plans that we've done together. Um, so I don't know whether you already have one picked out for the new year. I don't know whether you journal. I don't know whether you've ever done those things before, but it does seem like for whatever reason, there's something about the first day of a new year that allows us to rethink and recalibrate and say, maybe I want to do things a little different this year. So I don't know where you land in that. Um, but I have two uh, reading plans that I've printed out. Now, I'm going I'm to be an old fart here and tell you why I printed these out, and I'm not giving it to you electronically, but I can send it to you electronically. Actually, I don't have to do that because you know how to do it faster than I would, so I'm not going to say that. I believe that having a paper copy of God's Word has huge benefits because it allows you to turn pages and connect dots and to see multiple things at one time that, for me, my electronic versions do not allow me to do. So old school me says, go home, find that Bible that's been on your shelf ever since your first U version in your phone came out, blow it off, and try it for a year. I heard someone would say, your pen has eyes. It has eyes. So as you read your Bible with your pen or your colored crayons or whatever you use, you're going to notice things that you read, and you're going to notice things that you can circle and connect dots. And that's where God often just opens up our hearts to see patterns of who God is and what God is like. I'm not saying it as a rule. I know some of you are really good at iPads and circles. No, I'm not. Just think outside of your box. 
What, is, what works for you? How, do you? how do you get the most out of pursuing God? And so I have two reading plans that I'm going to leave up here. I think we have pictures of them. The first one says five by five. Oh, look at that. They're on the same. That's perfect. So I'm going to put the five by five ones over here, and you can take one. And I'm going to put the other ones over here. The, the five by five by five is simply a reading plan that's just the New Testament, and it literally takes five minutes a day. So you can literally open your Bible, you read one section of the New Testament, five days a week, then you get two days to reflect on the last five. So if you've never done any kind of reading plan, this is really easy. You open your Bible and you say, God, enlarge my heart. Show me something about you that will fill my soul with satisfaction. And then you read. For some of you, maybe that have been doing that for a while, maybe you need a little bit of a push this year. It's like, all right, maybe I need a little more of a challenge. I know that I want more. I want to give a little more time. I want to pursue God differently this year. The other um, reading plan gets you through the whole Bible in a year. So you'd be reading the old, the whole old, and the whole New Testament. Um, but I want to encourage you, if you can, like I said, you can come take one of these. You can download those off the Internet. Maybe you have your own reading plan. I just want to encourage you to have some kind of plan because I find that if I don't have a plan, if I don't have anything to shoot for, then I hit nothing. But if I have a plan, if I have something, I'm not wasting time. I know exactly what I'm going to read. I know where I'm going and how I'm going to get there. It makes it so much easier. So I just want to encourage us. Uh, maybe you want to get with your group of three and pick a plan and do it together. Maybe your community group wants to pick a plan and do it together. However you feel like you want to approach this, I just want to encourage you to have some kind of plan, some kind of way that you're pursuing God in the new year so that God can enlarge your heart and, and, and care for you and nurture your soul in the next year by the power of the Spirit and through His Word. And so this morning, as we turn the corner into another year, 2024, insane, isn't it? Isn't the Jetsons whole thing about looking forward to 2025, right? George Jetson and all that. I'm like, here we are. So anyway, just want to encourage you. Today, tomorrow, take some time to look back to reflect, feed your soul by giving joy and praise and thankfulness to God, and then talk to others about what you want to do for the new year in reading, how you want to pursue God and what that looks like. And I pray for us as a church as we do that, that we would feel and recognize a distinct difference next year this time as God enlarges our hearts together. You want that? Bigger heart for God in 2024. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing some songs together. Lord Jesus, I, I ask you to help us because it takes a strange measure of discipline, both